Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Amen. Man, I'm still messed up from that worship, man. That that's, that song, that song gets me, man, cuz I, I I picture I picture my 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 little girl's faces, you know, and uh, everything that they're going to go through, but the promises of God that will withstand any storm, any attack from the enemy. And I just man, I just can't help but rejoice and just be glad for God, man, cuz he's got he's got my family, he's got He's got their their future uh, kids and our future kids and generations. Um, I'm I'm not I'm not worried, you know, because we have godly men and women in the house of God raising their children right. There's no need to be worried. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Um, you know, I know there was a lot of announcements this morning. You probably already forgot all of them. Uh, so if, if you did, you can always go to the website, mindumaturch.org slash calendar. You can see the whole year's uh, events on there. Amen. Um, amen. Today is, uh, today's, we're concluding uh, as, a, as a church, our corporate fast, 21-day fast. Amen. And uh, I hope that you were really able to you know, connect with God during these past 21 days. Um, and, you know, just because we're concluding it doesn't mean that, you know, the next time you fast has to be next January, right? Uh, make, make this a part of your, uh, of your or not, not daily routine, but uh, make this a part of your regular routine where you, where you fast and you, you go into the word of God and you go into scripture and you go into prayer and, and, and you, just, you just have a time of, of self-sacrifice, amen? Um, you know, at the end of every fast, um, some of you, if you've been here for a while, you know how we end it. We, we, we end it with uh, what's called our first fruits offering. And, and um, you know, and, and that's, that's why we're saving the offering for, for the end. We didn't, we didn't pick up the offering right now. Now, maybe you're thinking, you know, Pastor, I, I needed like a month's notice, you know, to, uh, to save, right? Um, and, and I'll say, I want to say this, there's always, always an opportunity to to give, right? Always. Um, when, when God blesses you, man, bless, bless others, bless, bless, uh, the church, bless the kingdom of God. Um, we do it at the, the first, um, month of the year, um, just as a way to kind of symbolize the first fruits harvest, right? When God commanded the people of Israel to bring your first harvest as, as a sacrifice, right? That's why we do it. And I, I know it's, that's hard to do, right? Um, it's, it's hard to do. It's hard to give sometimes because giving requires faith and it requires sacrifice and sacrifice part is, is the one that makes it really, really difficult. And, and, um, you know, when you don't have as much, it makes it even harder. I always think about the poor widow who gave, uh, two coins. She gave two coins. Um, most people would have probably been embarrassed to bring up two measly coins like this. Seriously, that's, that's what I give to, to my daughter, right? Um, two coins and in the midst of a room with, with a bunch of wealthy people, the Bible says that in that room, in that temple were, were many, many wealthy people. And they probably had, you know, the finest clothing and jewelry on, but this woman, no shame. She goes up and she drops her offering in and Jesus commends her by saying, see, they gave all, they gave out of their wealth. She gave out of her poverty. She gave out of what she didn't have, right? And that's the thing about giving, and not, not just monetary giving, but all forms of worship. You know, giving is a form of worship, right? 
It's, it's not so much about what you can give to God in excess of what you have, right? God doesn't want your leftovers, man, right? I, I don't like leftovers, right? You think God wants your leftovers? God wants the best that you have to give, right? And so with that, I want to take you, I'm not going to be speaking on giving this morning, but I do want to talk about something um, out of Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Last week, I read like the longest passage ever. Uh, today, I only got two verses for you um, as our main text. And this is the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the church in Rome, Romans 12, 1 through 2. And if you have it, say amen. 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 And it says this. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies. Somebody say bodies. As a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Verse 2 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. Amen. Let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for this word that you've given me, Father God. And I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit be on my lips, Father God, that this may be a word that you deliver and not me. And I pray that we may be receptive to it this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to teach this morning on one word. And again, it's not, it's not the word give. But I, I do want to teach on one word. It's, it's a word that you probably hear very, very frequently when you're at church. You probably hear it Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. You know where it's at, but maybe not the significance of it. And it's the word altar. Altar. I want to talk about altars this morning. That's the, that's the name of my, of my sermon title uh, what, what is an altar? What is an altar? What, what are altar calls? Because nearly every week we have people come to the altars. And, you know, every, um, every time we have Saturday morning prayer, which is the first Saturday of every month at 7 a.m., it's open to everybody. Everybody. Tell, tell the person next to you, it's open to you. <laughs> Amen. Uh, y- 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 y'all ain't saying it. Y'all ain't saying it. The ones that already come are the ones that are saying it. Uh, but, but, but so, so yeah, Saturday mornings, man, we, man, we come and we just, we pray it's early in the morning at 7am. I know on a Saturday, we do it once a month, the first Saturday of every month. We don't do anything, anything fancy. We don't have a worship set. We don't have any preaching. There's no Devo or anything like that. We just come, we worship, and then we come um, to the altar and we, we pray together. And so, um, I, I would encourage you to, to come. I know it's early. You don't have to worry about getting your makeup done, your hair did, all that stuff. Just come and you, you should see some of these, these women that come. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I had to break the eyes, man. You're too serious, man. Um, but, 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 but come, come. It doesn't, doesn't matter how, how you're, how you're dressed or whatever, you know, come and seek God and get fed spiritually. And then we go eat some tacos afterwards. It's, it's great. And so, um, but every time during our, during our, 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 our prayer sessions, I like to make a point to pray for the altars. Because I know that at the altars, man, amazing things happen. God does some incredible things. And so I pray for the people that are going to come in to, to the room and just feel automatically the presence of God. They might not even know what they're feeling, but there's something there. And I, I pray for healing to happen, salvation, restoration, all kinds of things, right? I want people to have an encounter with God at the altar. But what is, what is an altar? What is the significance of it? 
And I'm not sure that if the way that we think of the altar is the way that the Bible presents it, you know, church culture doesn't always help um, define biblical concepts because, you know, change, uh, words change over time and, and, you know, church culture is, it's a very real thing. And so sometimes we adopt a culture of, of church more so than a culture of, of, of the word. And so when I was a kid, I just always thought that the, that the altar was a place that you go to after the service. It was like a part of the service and, you know, the preacher would pray for you and, 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 uh, you know, in many ways it, it is that right. But biblically speaking, the altar is so much more than just that. See, in today's culture, and I might, I might get some people, I might, you know, ruffle some feathers, but in today's culture today, I think we treat the altar as a place to receive. How many times have you been in church and said, you want your healing? Come and get it. I remember being in the youth camps, man, the youth rallies, uh, all of that stuff. You want, you want your healing? You want your calling delivered to you? Come and get it. You want, you want your prayers answered? Come and get it. You need deliverance? Come and get it. Now, never in biblical times, at least that I can think of, do people construct altars so that they can receive something. It's actually, every time you read it, it's, it's always the polar opposite. The altar is not a place to receive. It's a place to give. Right. Now, now I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that God won't heal you because we've seen that. I'm not saying that God is not going to restore you and deliver you. But I think that a lot of that is, is more a product of faith, stepping out the boat and, and, and prayer. Right, right? But when it comes to the altar, the altar is a place of sacrifice. It actually comes from a Hebrew word that means to slaughter. Not a, it's, not, it's not a beautiful term. It means to slaughter. In biblical times, the, the best of what people had to give, that, that was a sacrifice that they made at the altar. And so the very first uh, altar, the, 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 the very first time we see the word altar is, is in Genesis uh, 8 or Genesis 7. It's when, when Noah is coming out of the, of the ark after the flood and, and he builds an, an altar to bring an animal sacrifice to God. And God told Noah to, to, to fill the ark with, with animals both clean and unclean, right? Clean and unclean. And so when, when Noah gets out of the ark, he has, he has, you know, some options. Do I give God the unclean or do I give God the clean? You know, the unclean, I ain't going to do anything with it, right? They're, they're, it's filthy. It's unclean. The clean, I could do some with it. But, but Noah gave God the best of what he had available. He, he gave him the clean animals. Um, and then even before Noah, uh, the concept of, of altar was, was seen uh, with Cain and Abel. Genesis chapter 4. If you're not familiar with the story of Cain and Abel, I would encourage you to read it. But, but Cain, he brings an, an offering to God. Uh, but, but, but Abel, the Bible emphasizes his offering. Because, because Abel gave from his first fruits of his flock. He gave the, the best, the fattest portions, he gave that to God. It wasn't that Cain's type of offering was inferior. It just wasn't the best of what Cain had to give. Abel, he had the best, he, he gave God the best of what he had to give. So an altar is a place to present something to God. That's what an altar is. It was usually built on a platform. It was a flat surface. 
so that the worshiper could, could lay down his offering and present it to God. That is an offering. That, I'm sorry, that is a, that's an altar. So the next time, you know, you come to the altar, ask yourself, what, what am I bringing? What am I bringing? You know, I've, I've always tried to, to avoid making people come to the altars. You know, because sometimes as a pastor, you know, like I'm a pastor. I want to see the altars filled, man. I want, I want to see people hungry for God and right here just ready, you know, ready to get more of God. Right. But but I I, I, I try to avoid, you know, saying, guys, just get over here. Right. Like, you know, kind of like, <laughs> you know, like if you're a parent and, and you want to have like a nice dinner with your family, um, you're like, we're going to sit down, we're going to like this, and, and, and we're going to turn off the TV, and we're going to talk, and, and you're going to share me your, your thoughts and your feelings, right? Tell Layla that, and Layla's like, she rolls her eyes, right? I'm like, I want you to tell me everything that happened today, right? Um, so I, you know, I, I, try not to, I try not to get aggressive with it, right? I try not to force people to come to the altar, because by making you come to the altar empty-handed, I am a part of the problem of defiling the altars, Right. When we come to the altars, we should ask, am I coming with a rendered heart? Am I am I giving God? Am I ready to give God the best of what I have? Am I am I willing to give God my my will? Am I willing to surrender something or have we become the generation of of, of Malachi? The Malachi uh, rebuked who presented a sacrifice to God of animals that were blind and sick and calling that a sacrifice and giving it to God. Malachi 1.10, I don't have the scripture up here, but it says, Oh, that there were one among you who would shut the doors that you might not kindle fire on my altar in vain. I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, and I will not accept an offering from your hand. That hurts, man. When you start to think about the altar as not a place to receive, but a place to give, man, it makes you really analyze yourself. Because I can't tell you just being honest, I can't tell you how many times what I've given to God, I wouldn't give to somebody that I respect. And that, that, that brought conviction, right? Because sometimes we give people more than what we give God. We'd rather please people than God, right? And so, 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 so we fast, not, not us, but other churches, they fast so that the church people don't judge them. Yeah, I'm fasting. Yeah. We, we pray in public, but we rarely pray in private. Come on, right? Sometimes we give people more than what we give God. I don't think we're always giving God our best, man. I'm not always giving God my best. When I've run out of patience, when, 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 I've, when I've run out of joy, when, when peace is no longer filling my, my life, I'm not presenting myself as a living sacrifice. So I want you to think of the altar as, as, as what it is. It is a place to present. It's a place to sacrifice something unto God. Amen. Now, now are you still with me? I, I, I'm, 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 I'm teaching today, okay? Sometimes I preach, sometimes I teach, okay? Teaching is a little bit less, you know, shouty. But, but, but physical altars, physical altars in the way that they used to be in the Old Testament, they're no longer, they're no longer necessary. You don't, you, don't, you don't build an altar at your house to, to bring an animal sacrifice to God. That is no longer necessary. The cross served at that final altar. 
where the perfect sacrifice was presented on that cross, laid down for the sins of humanity. It is complete. There is no, we can't one up Jesus. It is done. Jesus says it is finished. The perfect lamb of God submitted to God and pleasing God. But just because physical altars are no longer necessary, it doesn't mean that altars aren't necessary. Altars are still a very real thing. It's just these days they're not as much physical as they are spiritual. Now it's not just a place that you go to present your offering. Now it's a way of living. Paul says, present, offer your bodies as a what? As a living sacrifice. And, and, but he doesn't just stop there. He says, make it holy. Make it acceptable. Because you can give something. Again, you can give God some blind animals. You can give God not, not your very best. You can give God actually your worst. And, and you call it an offering, right? He says, give God an offering that is holy and acceptable. It's got to be pleasing to God. It's got to be an Abel-like type of offering, not a Cain-like offering. He says, this is your spiritual worship. Now, in, in that verse that we read, Paul doesn't use the word altar, but the concept is implied because the altar is where you present. The altar is where you make the sacrifice. So Paul is saying, everywhere you go, everywhere you go, think about where you go in a week. You go to the grocery store, you go to school to pick up your kids. You go to work. Everywhere you go, there should be an altar. There should be an altar there. Because the way you live should be offered to God. Well, pastor, what does that include? It includes everything. It includes the way that you speak to people. It, it includes the way that you correct people. It includes the way that you accept correction. The way that you give. The way that you love. The way that you deal with stress. The way that you eat. Now we can, we can keep going. What, whatever you allow to consume your mind. Paul says uh, uh, in, in, in Colossians 3, 23, he says, whatever you do, whatever. Some would say whatever. 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 That, that means it doesn't matter what. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. So everywhere we go, there should be an altar. And, and on that altar should be the sacrifices of our daily lives. So when you wanted to react in anger, when you wanted to react in anger, you slaughtered that anger on the altar. When, when you didn't want to forgive that person for wronging you, you laid down your pride at the spiritual altar. Right. When you wanted to worry, when you, when you wanted to fear, when you wanted to be anxious because you're not sure how something is going to turn out, you brought it to the altar and you gave it to God and you said, God, I'm not going to worry about this anymore. It belongs to you. Here is the altar. It might not be a physical place, but it is a spiritual place. In many ways, today's altars are filled with the sacrifices of our flesh. We have to kill it daily. We have to die to our flesh Daily, we have to resurrect with Christ daily. The Bible says that, that, that our battles are, are not against uh, flesh and blood, but, 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 but spiritual things. And so the, the spiritual things that we deal with, those are the things that we have to lay at the spiritual altars. Can we honestly say that what we've presented to God 
as a lifestyle is, is worth anything. There's a story in the Bible where King David, he wishes to build an altar and offer sacrifices for God. All right? David had just sinned and, and uh, Israel is kind of facing the consequences on behalf of their king. Right? You know, sometimes when the, when the leader fails, when the, when the priest fails, when the king fails, everybody else feels it. And so, so David is, he's feeling guilty and, and he's feeling repentant. And so he, he goes and, and he builds an altar. I want to read it. It's second Samuel 24, 18. I believe I have it up here. Second Samuel 24, 18. It says that day Gad came to David and said to him, go up and build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Aruna, the Jebusite. So David went up to do what the Lord had commanded him. And when Aruna saw the king and his men coming toward him, he came and he bowed down before the king with his face to the ground. Why have you come, my lord, the king? Aruna asked. And David replied, I have come to buy your threshing floor and to build an altar to the Lord there so that he would stop the plague. Verse 22, take it, my lord, the king, and use it as you wish, Aruna said to David. Here are oxen for the burnt offering, and, and you, can, you can use the threshing boards and, and, and ox yoke for, for wood to build a fire on the altar. I will give it all to you. It's free. Very special price. Your majesty, and may the Lord accept your sacrifice. But look at what King David says, 24 says, but the king replied to Aruna, no, I insist on buying it. For I will not present burnt offerings to the Lord my God that have cost me nothing. I, I like Aruna, man. I think Aruna had a really good heart. I think his heart was in the right place, right? He, he was willing to sacrifice his own goods so that, that King David could have an offering to give to God. I, I think it was, it was a kind gesture, right? You know, like sometimes, sometimes on the rare occasions that I, that I have cash, I'll give it to, to Layla. And I'll say, hey, go put this in the offering, you know, when, during your class, put it in the offering plate. I got to check with her teachers, make sure she's doing it. But um, yeah, I, I tell her hey, when, when offering comes, you know, you, you have, you have an offering, you know, put this in there. But you know, after re, after reading this, this story again, I, I came to a realization that I don't know how much I'm actually teaching her about giving. That was my intent, right? I, I think if you grew up in church, your parents probably always gave you an, an off, you know, money to give, as an offering, that, that's, that's our intent, right? I, I think, okay, well, she's going to learn how to, how to put offering in an offering plate, and, and that's what we do at church, right? But, but if the money that I'm giving her isn't even hers, the lesson that I'm trying to teach her is incomplete be, be, because the offering doesn't cost her anything. It could be a $100 bill. Like, okay, this, this, this is not mine. I'm just, I'm just the mediator. I'm just, I'm just transferring it. I'm not actually the giver, right? And then... So I started thinking about that and I started thinking about it even further because I just, I think a lot. I think I would have made a great philosopher. Um, but then I started thinking, you know, how, how many times, how many times does, does like the worship leader say, lift up your hands and, and we just do it because we were asked to do it or because the person next to me is doing it. And I don't want to be the only one without my hands raised. Right. So I'm just, I'm going to just do it. But it wasn't freely given. It wasn't freely offered. Right. Someone else told you to surrender to God and you're like, okay. but but it didn't come from the heart. How many times has has the preacher dragged you to the altars, but you didn't want to come. So you're not coming with a sincere heart. 
right? Maybe you fasted these 21 days because you didn't want to be the only one not fasting, but did you actually present yourself to God with your fast? How many times have we brought God someone else's offering and called it our own and expected God to bless it and multiply it? David identifies the problem right away. He's like, <laughs> Aruna, I appreciate it, bro. But if I do that, God is going to be pretty angry at me. If, dare, dare I bring my God someone else's offering that cost me nothing? Imagine the anger that would have ensued on King David had, had, he, had he took an offering to give it to God and then build an altar of sacrifice without really a sacrifice present. How many times, I wonder... Have we done that? Presented something to God that didn't hurt, that didn't cost us anything. It was just a spare change that I had in my, in my pocket. Yesterday, I was, um, I was privileged to, to speak at this conference last night. I was, I was asked to do a little, little seminar for a group of, of, of leaders at this church, which is actually just down the street. It's like seven minutes from here. They got a beautiful ministry. And, and the theme of the conference was more, more of God. All right. One, they, they, they're hungry, man. They want to go deeper with God. I, I'm, I'm sensing this, this uh, it's not just here at Numa Church, right? I am sensing a hunger, a citywide hunger for God. I'm, I'm sensing a revival stirring up in our nation where people just, they, they want more of God. They want to go deeper with God. And, uh, you know, because I think once you've really tasted the goodness of God, you, you want more of it, Right. Once you've experienced the presence of God and he's broken you down, man, you want to do it again next week. You can't wait for Sunday to come. I love those, those, uh, those Instagram posts um, where, where it says, you know, Sunday is just, you know, five days away or just seven days away, right? We just dismiss and like only seven days away, right? Because we're all with that in anticipation when, when you've experienced the goodness of God, the love of God, you just want more of it. We just want more of it. How many of us want more of God? Amen. You want more of God. Okay. Here's, here's, here's a punch. How many of us are actually willing to give God more of ourselves? We want more of God, but there is also a requirement of us giving more of ourselves. You know, how many of us have prayed this prayer before? God, take me to the next level. Take me to the next level. Elevate my ministry. Elevate my, my marriage. Elevate my, 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 my gifting. Ele take me to the next level. Take me to new glories. I'm ready for it. And God's like, all right, you ready for it? Okay, here's some stairs. Here's some stairs. What are you talking about? Stairs, God. There's, where's the elevator, you know? I'm a millennial. I don't take the stairs. Come Excuse me, right? Everybody's ready to receive more. That's, that's not hard to do. We're all ready to receive more. The Bible talks about these 10 lepers that, that they, saw, they saw Jesus and they had this terrible skin disease, leprosy, and they see Jesus from a distance and they all at the same time shout to him, hey, 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 son of David, master, have mercy on us. Heal us from this terrible, horrible disease. And the Bible says that Jesus healed them, all, all 10 of them, all 10 of them, but only one returned. To thank Jesus and worship him and fall at his feet in gratitude and in worship. And, and Jesus is like, where, where, didn't I heal, didn't I heal 10 of y'all? Right? Well, I, I healed 10 of y'all. Why, why only one coming back to worship? You know, receiving is so popular. Giving is not. 
receiving this pop. Everybody wants to receive. Everybody will line up. How quickly we run to the altars when we think that there's a healing. How quickly we run to Jesus to get our prayers answered. But how we drag our feet to the prayer session. Come on. I'm a Right? And we make excuses. I can't go to church today. It's, it's cold. It's, it's Houston. It's going to be like 25 degrees. Can't do that. We'll die. Right? How we drag our feet, man, to, to, to give and, and to tithe. Man, we're so quick to receive and so slow to sacrifice. But we say we want more of God. If we can't learn the discipline, because it's a discipline. If we can't learn the discipline of being a living sacrifice, but we still expect the blessings of God, we have defiled the altars. Because the altar is a place of consecration. It's a place of holiness. It's a place where you devote things to God. You give them to God, but we've treated it as a place to receive blessings instead of giving the blessings we've received. Verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. So Paul is saying, you know, if we are no longer conformed to the world, we've been transformed, we've been renewed, we've we've experienced Jesus in a new way, we should be able to know what is good and acceptable and pleasing, right? Right? And, and if we know what is pleasing to God, we should offer it. If we just, if we just, God, God told Cain, simple. He said, if you just do better, you'll be fine. That's all you got to do. You just got to do better. You know what to do. Just do it. We all know what to do. We all know what, what, what pleases God, a sold out heart. A fully committed posture saying, God, take my my will. I want to do things your way, not my way. That's what it takes. Sometimes we don't do it. What is it costing you? What is your offering costing you? I'm about to conclude. I'm going to have the worship team come up. But church, God is looking for a generation of worshipers. He's looking for a generation of worshipers who would build spiritual altars and bring sacrifices to him. And an altar, you know, an altar is not something unique to Christians. Um, altars, again, they, they, were, they were built for, for all kinds of deities. It was, it was a place to, to just sacrifice. Now, again, we don't have physical altars anymore like they did in the Old Testament. But how many of us Christians have, have constructed spiritual altars to make sacrifices to other things that aren't God. Right? We, we give our time, we give so much of our time, we sacrifice our time to other things, to our jobs and to our businesses and to our friends and to our family, and, and we sacrifice our, our money. We, we know how to invest our money, and, and you, maybe you buy Bitcoin and all that stuff, and, 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 and you know how to manage your, your money really well. And you, we, we know how to make all types of sacrifices, but sometimes I wonder, have the sacrifices that we've made as a church just a, a day of the week? Is, that, is, that, is it just a couple of minutes in the morning or at night? Or is your entire life an altar? God desires a ladder. God desires your life as an altar. I'm not saying don't spend time with your friends and family and all that stuff. But in everything you do, 
honor God. Honor God. Honor God. Be sold out for God. Live as a living sacrifice to God. Now, I'm going to ask us to stand this morning. And and what we're going to do, we're going to do altar a little bit different. Just with all of this in mind. This morning, we're going to do an altar call. With the intent of bringing God a sacrifice. Now, you know what is sacrificial to you. This is also the time we're also going to pick up our offering as well. Uh, if, if you are a member and you have first fruits that, that you would love to give, you, you, can, you can do it here. But maybe you don't have an offering to give. Maybe you say, I, man, I, I, don't, I don't have much. That's okay. You don't have to have much to make a sacrifice. You don't have to be wealthy for, for, for your sacrifice to matter. Just like that poor woman. She just came with two coins. That's all she had. But it was her sacrifice. Maybe you don't have an, maybe you don't have an offering at all to give this morning. Whatever you, whatever you come up here with, God is looking for a sacrifice. And it could be a surrendered heart. It could be, God, I'm, 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 I'm done doing things my way. I'm, I'm going to pursue your will. It could be your will. It could be, it could be God, I'm going to give you my hands. God, I'm going to give you my time. God, I'm going to give you my feet. I'm, 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 going, to, I'm going to give you more of myself. I am preparing a spiritual altar, a spiritual sacrifice here in this moment. So that's what, that's what we're going to have done this morning. Can we have the, the, the offering place here? I'm, I'm going to ask this morning, with everything in mind, this, this, is a, this is, again, this isn't just a place, this isn't a place to receive, this is a place to give. Maybe God is putting on your heart to give something this morning. And look, I'm not just, I'm not just talking about uh, monetary gifts, but but God is God is asking for more of your time. God is asking you for for a yes because He's been pressing in on something in your life, and you've been telling Him no, or you've been you've you've been kind of looking the other way. And God is ready for you to say yes. If that's you this morning, if you have anything to sacrifice to God, I want you to come forward. I want you to come forward. These altars are open, and maybe you're a little bit reluctant this morning because now you know it. You know, altar is a place to sacrifice. But if you're ready to make that sacrifice, if you're ready to give God your anger, give God your sorrow, give God whatever you're feeling, give God your will, give God your hurt, come to these altars. Just don't come empty-handed. I'm going I'm to invite you now. And I'm going to have the worship team sing. And we're going to present whatever offering that we have, whatever sacrifice we have to make to God, we're going to make it here at these altars. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.